ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver with every paper I deliver bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride but something touched me deep inside the day the music died so bye bye miss american pie drove my chevy to the levee but the levee was dry and then good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye singing this will be the day that i die this will be the day that i you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above if the Bible tells you so and do you believe in rock and roll can music save your mortal soul and can you teach me how to dance real slow well I know that you're in love with him cause I Dancing in the gym You both kicked off your shoes Man, I dig those rhythm and blues I was a lonely teenage Bronk and buck With a pink carnation and a pickup truck But I knew I was out of luck The day the music died I started singing Bye-bye, Miss American Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye and singing, This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. Recorded live from the radio studios of WFAY and WMRV, Andrew Lona's Media presents Cumberland County's Smartest Hour of Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of the Carolina Cabinet. Well, hey, 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 and good morning. Welcome back to the Carolina Cabinet. My name is Nat Robertson, and I will be your host as we discuss the news and the newsmakers. We're going to play a little bit of music and talk to and talk about the movers and shakers around Fayetteville and Cumberland County. Our mission is to bring to the airwaves a common sense voice on the right side of the issues. Today in the studio, we welcome back Mr. Jimmy Henley Jr. Good morning, everybody. Music to my ears. <laughs> Mr. Peter Pappas is joining us again. Welcome, Peter. Good morning, everybody. And our very special guest in the studio is Mr. Robert Van Gien. Robert is the president and CEO of the Cumberland Economic Development Corporation. 
That's close enough. It's great to be here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the cabinet. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen, if you're listening to us and listening to us as the smartest 60 minutes of radio on Carolina Country, WFAY 100.1 and The River, WMRV 106.5, we appreciate you tuning in and spending time with us this morning. Check us out, message us, like us, follow us, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet. And if you miss an episode of our top-rated podcast, top-rated, you can find us on Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, or your favorite podcast broadcaster. Again, we appreciate you being here. Don't go far. We'll be right back. Since 2012, Joshua Goodman has been the senior pastor at the Cliffdale Christian Center, a dynamic church and ministry located in West Fayetteville. Join our friend Pastor Goodman for a podcast or a live sermon in person at 6427 Cliffdale Road. Now for today's good news. Here is Joshua Goodman. Well, good morning from the All-American City. This is Pastor Josh, and have I got some good news for you. In a time when so many want to unpack, they want to talk about and discuss all of the problems, circumstances, situations, all of the negative junk. I want to give you some good news. We took the men of Cliffdale out whitewater rafting this past week to the great Nanahalia River in the far western part of the state. Man, you can find everything from Airbnbs, cabins, campsites right on the river. There's dozens of guided and unguided options highly recommended for the family or just take the friends on a getaway. What a great weekend we had building friendships, having both adventures and great conversations. After launching, we came to our first stop to rest and to play a little bit in the water. A large group of rafters had staked out or stacked up, I should say, their rafts where you could climb to the top and then jump off of this raft deck thing, right? And uh, after having a jump or two, one of the guys from my group asked, Pastor, would you mind baptizing me? After baptizing him, a cheer rose up from the crowd behind me, did not even realize 40, 50, 60 people had gathered around and were watching as I baptized these men. It had gotten everybody's attention. It was kind of funny because after baptizing and after the cheers and after the crowd, I had to admit I felt kind of like John the Baptist, only without the camel robe and the leather belt. Matthew chapter 3, 1 and 2 says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven, indeed, friends, is at hand today. That means it's close. It's within your reach. This is Pastor Josh, and that's your good news. That was some good news. I think this is, uh, Robo, this is going to be your theme now. I like that. I can go with that. We can work with that. Why does he get a theme? My second time. Yeah, Peter still don't have it. I don't have a theme. What? Oh, the, oh we go by height or something? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. As Robo stands up taller. <laughs> I saw him wearing stack shoes when he came in. Yeah, uh-huh. All right, whatever it takes. Gain an advantage. I, hear, I see you. Welcome back. Uh, in the studio, of course, is Jimmy Henley Jr., Good morning. Mr. Peter Pappas. Good morning. And our very special guest, Mr. Robert Mangian, who is the president and CEO, I'm going to get it right this time, of the Fayetteville Cumberland Economic Corporation. That's absolutely right. 
right. You left out Fayetteville last time, which I knew as a former mayor, you'd want that in there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember, oh, I'm showing my age, it was the old FAEDC back in, back. That's right. One of, one of the years evolutions of economic <laughs> development in Fayetteville yes. and Cumberland County. Yes. Uh, Robert, give us kind of a brief overview of what um, FCEDC does. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Uh, it's been my privilege for the last five and a half years to be the president CEO of the Favor Cumberland Economic Development Corporation. Our primary mission is to keep the companies we have here, to help them grow, help them create jobs, and then to attract new companies here, private sector companies, uh, bringing investment that will help uh, lower the tax burden on the residential citizens nice. and also on creating employment opportunities uh, for the next generation. And you've kind of made your mark as of late with uh, Amazon. Yeah, we've done two projects with Amazon. Uh, the first we hope to see open in a couple of months here, and then uh, we've got another, the one that most people have probably seen, right on Bragg Boulevard near 295, 1.3 million square feet. Wow. And that'll hopefully be CO'd uh, by the end of September. And I think it's a credit to everybody involved. The company that did the development started it. I believe it was a return. I went to watch the return to the county commissioner race a year ago, and in less than a year they will have taken that from Treed field to 1.3 million square feet and hundreds and hundreds of jobs. That's well, awesome. Us, all t- us old timers from Fayetteville remember the big old gorilla right in that same oh, yeah. area across the street. Yeah, but yeah, now stereo world. Stereo yep, world. And, <laughs> and now it's been replaced by millions of dollars in concrete and cinder blocks yeah. over there. Do we have any forecasted idea of when we're going to start seeing that in full operation? Yeah, and it will be sometime next calendar year. We won't make it in time for the cycle for this Christmas rush. And I think, as you've seen, uh, interestingly and importantly, uh, Amazon, we're pretty much one of the last large DCs that they are completing. Uh, you know, they, FedEx, a lot of others put a lot of money into a lot of building in the industrial sector. And we're seeing a bit of a cooling there on the logistics side right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, well, that's, that, I would think that's going to attract a lot of other folks over in that general area to get close to that distribution center. Yeah, I think you're going to see at least five to seven more projects happen in that Bragg corridor, some directly adjacent, some in the surrounding areas. But when you have literally hundreds and hundreds of people working uh, shifts around the clock, uh, that and other projects in that area, you're going to just continue to see wins. Amazon vendors and all those people, are they uh, they starting to inquire? It there, I, I think also too, it kind of changes that job pattern, and it keeps people here. So you're going to see some new retail. You're going to see some new hospitality. It's also going to be uh, the Bragg Boulevard corridor has a lot of redevelopment potential, yeah, but it takes absolutely. getting over a tipping point to see that come back. And now with this spurring it, I think you're going to see a lot of the smaller tracks in that area turn around now, so, including maybe the old Sterile World building at some point. Since COVID is uh, maybe behind us, have you really seen things start to pick up again? It's interesting. You know, Projects have such long lead times on mm-hmm. some of them. Uh, some projects we're working now literally have a 2016 start date before I even got here. Other ones, like the Danson's project we did, they flew in on a private plane during COVID because it couldn't get any other way. And I think we had that project closed in less than four months. Now, what's wow. Danson's? Danson, uh, they took the old Maiden Form building. They are a manufacturer and retailer of high-end smokers, grills, gun safes, and the like. Oh, wow. And so they actually have a scratch and dent program down there, and they do their customer oh, service. They've got 300,000 square feet. <laughs> That's right. Head on down. They might be able to make you a deal there. So, nice. uh, I think we so. need to head that way. <laughs> yes, but to your good. point about that, we saw our project activity pick up during COVID, and since then the announcements have just kept mm-hmm. coming after that. Uh, our community has uh, 
was the second highest rebound in the state. Greensboro, I think, mm-hmm. outticked us a little bit, which also means we hit lower than most. Uh, so that was kind of a painful time for all of us here. But North Carolina is only one of only two states that has recovered all the jobs lost uh, through COVID. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. That's so awesome. I have a question. I mean, I what were the driving forces to get Amazon to choose Fayetteville? I mean, I know Fayetteville is a great city, but what was maybe their top one or two, three things that was made it them the say, "Let's go here"? Was it with the you yeah, know? I mean, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. What uh, those that know me know the best thing about me: what you see is what you get. The worst thing about me, what you see is what you get. But you're always going to get full transparency. Blackjack might be my game. Poker is not. Uh, honestly, some of the projects, it took, uh, we had to close some deals. Uh, mm-hmm. When I came here, I was attracted here by the private sector and the leadership at the city and the county. I can't remember who the mayor was back then, but the guy was all right to yeah, work who with. Who was that guy? But, <laughs> some guy, uh, yeah. and, and I will say, and uh, before I go any further, just to say that when it comes to economic development, I've had nothing but support from the local electeds on all sides. This seems to be the one issue we can always come around together. But Fayetteville Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of wins prior to. That's true. And so we got together. I was attracted here by that can-do attitude and a couple projects. I'll be honest, some came uh, in my business. It's uh, relationships and your Rolodex. And so I brought some people here. We moved some things in the Cedar Creek Park. We filled some buildings that hadn't been filled. And then the development community since then. Mm -hmm. uh, The best economic developer is 5% of the solution or 2% of your problem. If you don't have the product and the local leadership to get deals done, it just won't happen. So, How much as a government uh, or governments do we give away as incentive in order to get these folks in? I, I'll, I'll just say now every place is different. I'm not going to name names, but I, I'd be happy to when we're not on the mics. Some people went out and got real aggressive, and they would just give money to everybody. There's a project in part of North Carolina, where they started day one, 10 years, 80% of the new taxes. Wow. Hmm. Uh, we're more conservative about that, but we will do. We will find a way to solve whatever problem you're facing. Uh, on the Amazon project, it was moving a gas line, and that's what it took. Okay. On other projects, it's a grant back on some of the new taxes paid. In others we've done, we've done it where you create the job, and we, we give you a grant for that. It's about a deal-closing fund. I think it's wrong to ever think you can fully alter the private sector model it can make a a deal where you might be second you come in first but if it's not right for your community it's never going to happen it's not legal for a government just to offer cash to come in though is it you have to require jobs and investment and what i was going to come around to say is everything we do here is you have to create the jobs first you have to pay your taxes and if it's a tax grant it is only a portion of the new taxes you pay so if you had a million-dollar tax bill today mm-hmm. and a $2 million tomorrow, we only look at that last million. The other side of it is if, you, if the jobs go, there's often a clawback to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll have to bring well, it back and in. And that's interesting you bring that up. Who monitors the clawback? Who, how does that happen when the company comes in and say they go bust? God forbid. And, and that, that's true. But the way the cycle works, bureaucracy moves slow. And, and it's actually a beneficial thing for the company because the best tax break is the taxes you never pay. But if you, Amazon will be done in September. Okay. They'll be assessed in December. They'll get a bill in July. They wouldn't be eligible. We're not doing that kind of grant here, but if we did, they wouldn't be eligible for their first payment until 2024. Okay. So you kind of know, you know, you've already gotten two By years of time, performance. They've some so they've already shown yeah, a track everything record is, and then. Everything okay. is so far out there. But who's mind in the store? Is that just the county tax people that made the deal with economic it development? It depends on what the grant is, okay. but ultimately so, our office, I think we've got something around 22 different either grants or incentives or other things okay. that we're 
monitoring, but to get paid, you have to present your North Carolina NC-101 showing that you have employed those people okay. and you pay taxes for okay. them. And the other thing we use is your assessed bill. So we go into this with hard facts of doesn't matter what you invested. It matters what you were taxed at. Right. Okay. So, uh, and so that's how we get so we you're monitoring it. these grants that you've made the deals to attract business and – you're the mechanism almost to right. help check. We that work out. with them okay. to get paid, but so ultimately goes so back. So just to because the they started breaking ground, that's not the end of the deal. No, by any no. means, you're still in it and monitoring, and that's great. Was yeah. it fair to say that we have a crown jewel in our recruitment tools in having Fort Bragg right here in our community? Yeah, it, it really has become that. Believe it or not, when I first got here, I was surprised to hear some people say they anticipated the pay of those coming out being too high for certain positions. Mm-hmm. The more they, technical stuff? Uh, actually, the lower stuff. Really? They felt that the, the you know, I like to think of us as a light blue collar economy. We're not the PhDs of RTP. We're right. also going to get it by on our labor alone. But they thought that that skilled labor with an experience at Fort Bragg was going to be looking for too much. Mm-hmm. I think when you've seen the inflation on wages, that went out the window. Then the other side is just finding talent, period. And with mm-hmm. 7,000 folks transitioning off of Fort Bragg each year, it's always a conversation starter mm-hmm. for us here. And those spouses, I mean, I mean, certainly Amazon, as big as they are and as big as that facility is, is that going to be like robotic or how many hundreds of people will they be? I employed? think between the two uh, uh, two projects, you'll see, well, eight, 750 to 1,000 jobs before all is said wow. and done. Uh, right. We've got the capacity here. We've got 6,000 people every day uh, signed up looking for work, and we have about – uh, I'll get my number wrong, but I'll t- I can tell you later about, I think we have about 20,000 people go out of the county for work every day. So if we combine those two and pick it up, you know, there's a lot of people to choose from there. But yet we're going into businesses every day and being told they're short-staffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. They are. Uh, it, it, there's a whole, you know, this is a really interesting time. Uh, some of it is post-COVID. You've got a great retirement. You've got a great resignation. You also have, if you know somebody who's pregnant today, get them signed up for child care now. And that's her first shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if your boss says, hey, would you like to be a second shift manager trainee? You have to decide, can I get somebody to watch my can, kid? Can you afford it? Exactly. The pay you're going to make. Right. Yeah. And so there, there's all those things that go into it as well. I know a lot of uh, public entities lost tons of people to COVID because yeah. somebody had to go home and do the child care thing. And if that's your right. one spouse is in the military and deployed, there's only one to choose from. So we've seen a lot of those things hit. But we've fared better than others as far as that goes. Well, you, you mentioned one of them, but do we have some of our other industrial-style properties that are being uh, brought back alive or, or being looked at to be brought back? Yeah, we're at the lowest vacancy rate available going back 15 years for industrial property. We will probably have close to 2 million square feet of private sector-funded spec buildings out of the ground here in the next few years. We've got two going up right now. We sold the Cedar Creek Industrial Park. Truth is, if we have it, if it's big and, avail- and vacant, it's... Well, it isn't. We don't have anything larger than, I think, 30,000 square feet, whereas we used to have 300,000 square foot buildings. We don't have anything that is vacant that we could fill that is made available to us right now. And truthfully, we're running out of product real quick. We've got two good sites left, and we have seen $5 billion-plus projects looking at them in the last six months. And how about property, just raw? That's what I'm talking about. We've got one site up near Goodyear. We've got one site down on Sand Hills Road that the county owns. And after that, we're, we're largely tapped out. The NVR project we just announced, which for those that didn't see it, is going out across from the old Sophie building, which is now an Amazon delivery center and FedEx. We're building out a small industrial park there, 
and we're putting in a couple hundred thousand square feet with the company NVR. A few new projects and lots will come after that. Uh, but we're tapped out pretty tight. Where you can find roads, water, and sewer, and where we don't butt up to a residential neighborhood we're going to disturb, and it's what, hard. What does MVR do? What do they? NVR is actually the parent company of Ryan Homes, and so they will be building components and structural oh, trusses and the like. for folks. They're not modular. No, no. Yeah, they're they stick-built. Com- oh, they right. are. Okay. Yeah, stick-built. components, I think. Right. Roofing yeah. trusses, wall panel okay. systems that go into a stick-built home. Okay. What about our um, the project over there off of Santa Fe Drive? I believe there's a mostly, I think it was geared toward military or defense contractors and things along those lines. I haven't really kept up with it recently. How's that project over there? Well, we've got the Amazon deal in there. Uh, we came pretty close to another 700,000 square footer that got uh, you know this little change. And right now, supply time for steel, steel and roofing steel, 57 weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's making wow. some people question whether or not now's the time to build. Uh, you can't even get pricing on roof decking until it's delivered, and they'll just take it to the next person if you don't want to pay it. Uh, but that's just about all built out. We'll have one lot left. We've got three smaller buildings, and then I think four or five, the Broadwells will be doing four or five smaller units out there. So is the Amazon considered the military-industrial park? That I is think, where I think going. that's what Jimmy was – Right. Because that was the industrial park across the street. So right. that's, well, all, that's right. all considered one – that's in the military business okay. park. Okay. okay, so that's all the same thing. And you okay. mentioned the one off Cedar Creek sold? Yes, we have Campbell's Soup in there with 700,000 square feet. We've got a 300,000 square footer in permitting by a company, Skyrim. We sold that to a New York-based investor. And if they don't build, we've got a clawback. This is we can buy it back at a discounted price. Very nice. Wow. That's awesome. Joining us in the studio is a very special guest is Mr. Robert Van Gians. Robert is the... President and CEO of the Fayetteville Cumberland Economic Development Corporation. See how good I'm getting? I just read the initials. Third time the charm. It's only been a few years. Yeah. Uh, Robert was probably one of the best assets that this uh, community had uh, recruited and inherited uh, not too many years ago. Yeah, five years now. It's only been five. Five years. I've got a personal goal of five years, 500 million, 5,000 jobs. We're just a little shy of that right now. Yeah. Wow. You're a rock star. Well, nice. don't forget. In the uh, recruiter world. Nah, don't forget the uh, Rodney Dangerfield of Sandwich Makers is here, too. Yes. Hello. <coughs> Mr. Peter <Yeah>. Pappas. <laughs> the Rodney, no respect. I get the, a little respect. <laughs> the Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> we oh haven't given him any sort of uh, theme uh, song. I'm, I'm going to find uh, something I, you know, for you, little, Peter. Uh, it's okay. I, I, I've learned hey, to pivot. I get no you know. respect. Yeah, I get no respect. I'm going to find something for you. Hey, uh, don't go far. We'll be right back after this.
the smartest hour of talk radio will return after these important messages from our commercial sponsors. Start your week off right. Thanks for joining Eastern North Carolina's smartest morning talk show. The Carolina Cabinet continues with your smart host, former Mayor Nat Robertson. That's a deal. That's a deal. So there is a uh, musician in the studio with us, Mr. Robert Van Gien, who's the president and CEO of the Fayetteville Cumberland Economic Development Corporation. And wow. Got it on one take. Listen to you. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> Yet undiscovered at the songwriting you know, skills there. Working on it. Work in progress. What, what else do you play besides the guitar? Uh, mostly guitar. I can, I can get by on the bass, a little bit of piano. Uh, I play the mandolin because it's a guitar upside down. Uh, somebody <laughs> bought me a banjo once, and that's just embarrassing. So, uh, <laughs> drums, anything like that? That's next on the list there. Saxophone, yeah. horns. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's somebody else's yeah, gig. That's huh? it. <laughs> well, that's cool. How long have you been playing? Uh, honestly, it was something I was very serious about. Uh, it's part of what brought me down to North Carolina originally was Catawba College, and they had an incredible uh, music theater program. And couldn't decide whether I wanted to tap dance in front of politicians or tap dance for real, and ended up um, uh, take, you know almost applying for Berkeley. My wife, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, was very, very, very uh, supportive and said, that's it, we'll call it a day. And I didn't have the guts to put in that application to be told no. So I kept my job as a low-level planner for the town of Spencer, North Carolina. Spencer, that's the train, that's uh, right. train place. Uh, transfer- oh, yeah, home of the North Carolina Transportation Museum. Yep. And uh, and I, I think I kind of held the guitar responsible for me chickening out <laughs> and, and didn't play for about 12 years. And then about when my little girls came along, started playing for them. It's kind of picked back up then. And it's been great because I've been able to do it tied to my professional world. I've gotten to play uh, with bands at the Country Music Hall of Fame and in Cincinnati for site selectors. Oh, that's awesome. And the, for the record, uh, German clients love John Denver. So, you know, <laughs> take me on Country Road. <laughs> goes over huge. I've even closed the deal over So that's it. your playlist so in the that, car that's when you're hearing around. That's, that's how you lull them in to bring it. Come on to Fayetteville. That's it. Bring that's your it. wallets. Yes. That's das awesome. is good. Okay. <laughs> is good. So, uh, Robert, in this very important position, you hold exactly, you know, with the run-through, how does your role work in not only getting the business here, 
but you know, I don't know if you're having to court them or as you're saying and play music for them and you know buy them a beer. But how does the process kind of work? Are you looking out there for what we need to come here? Or are you waiting for them to call you? And then what happens? What's yeah. the secret sauce? Yeah, yes. the, the tough thing on that is you know people often say, well, surely there's a template, and the answer is everyone's a little bit different. But there are some main things we follow. I mean, first, we work with our existing industry. We call on them. Mm-hmm. We try to help them grow. And they're our best source of uh, new leads and relationships. I mean, if they introduce us, uh, the best testimony you'll get is an unsolicited one, and someone's going to believe that. So we work with them. But we go to trade shows. We work with the state. Uh, I work a lot with private developers and brokers that work the southeast region. For me, that's been very successful. Uh, and we do a lot, too. We go after companies that have good value-added reasons to be here, military contractors. Believe it or not, uh, we didn't do a lot of that for a while. Uh, I I know we want to diversify, but we should also get all that we can that has an easy reason to be here. Absolutely. So uh, we kind of mix it up, but we we have about four or five different deal channels. Sometimes it's as simple as we get a flyer. Sometimes we get a referral. Other times we go off, we target a company, we we stalk them is a a less polite way to put it, (laughs) find them at a trade show, and just try to work them into taking a look at us here. But it comes down to, you know, do we have the property? Do we have the utilities? I mean, if you don't have the talent drives a yes or a no, mm-hmm. but they will not consider if you don't have the ready-to-go site, mm-hmm. you don't have the utilities, and you don't have highway access. We've got those things that work out well for us. We've got the talent. That's why we're seeing some of those wins. But uh, it's really about finding those niches because you're looking for one company that's looking to be in your area based on a market demand and then trying to put together the package and beat out your competition. Is there any particular area, um, industry, or anything else that, that you guys kind of have your sights on that really would fit into our whole Fayetteville, Cumberland County area right now? Yeah, we do. We, we've been doing well with distribution, logistics, advanced manufacturing. We've got some great things happening now with people leveraging the fiber optic that folks like Metronet and uh, Segra have done here with remote work from home with military spouses. But we've got a real opportunity, I believe to be a center for applied innovation. We're large enough to be of scale, but small enough to be nimble. What does that mean? So that's things like, even at Fort Bragg as an example, they've had the, I think, the longest running self-driving car in America Hmm. operating up there. We can do things with drones, with home integration for security or for energy management. We can be a place where you come up with the idea, maybe in Silicon Valley, but Fayetteville is the place that you put it in practice first. And that's great things we can do with folks like Elena Ball and PwC, battery storage, mm-hmm. whether it's renewables and, and load shifting. Why we're successful with folks like uh, Crypto, uh, Plan C Crypto, as we got a, a ribbon cutting for them coming up in a few weeks here. By working together, a lot of places don't want crypto, but working with this company, we're able to have them gener- you know, use our load on the times our citizens aren't, and it ends up balancing it out for everybody. And those are the kind of public-private partnerships we can do here, make them more successful, reduce the burden on our ratepayers, and end up with a win-win. And the reduction on the ratepayers, I think I had heard Elena speak one time. What, we're talking about a couple of hundred dollars savings uh, you, you're from, gonna, from, from the... If you move, if you move to the utility, their, yeah. If you move to their new rate side, absolutely. Right. No, I'm talking about how much they uh, Plan C Crypto saves PwC. You, you've got the numbers on that one there. Oh, no, I took her I, word I for forgot. it. Oh, you took her word. For, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. It was. It was. I thought, thought it was larger numbers. So, like do you million? speak crypto, Robo? Because yes, uh, yeah. when my nephew speaks crypto to me, I really feel like I've went into some fantasy land. Right. You know, honestly, I am. Um, I'm a fiber optic guy. I speak the network that it's on. 
Uh, I do all of our IT. I'm good about the computers that run it, how you cool them, but how the whole blockchain is valued back. Uh, forget fungible tokens. I, it sounds like something to try to fight with spray after you've been hanging out in the right, gym too long. Right, I mean, right. I, I got nothing That's about true. that. Very okay. True. Well, it's working for some people. It's just not working for me. I, mm. I've set up the account. And you got your wallet. I got my wallet, yeah, yeah, but then I heard about and all the other stuff. I don't understand it. Yeah. But, but well, let, let's talk about your, the workforce, and you know, you, you you hit on the military, but you've also got a pretty strong relationship with Fable Tech, right? Absolutely, Fable Tech. People don't realize you've got eleven thousand students out there uh, each year coming by. You've got nearly that many coming in for certifications. Add the seven onto that, seven thousand more over at FSU and two thousand at. Methodist, and what you end up with a very young, very diverse, and very already experienced mm-hmm. uh, workforce. We've got to get, though, we've got to get credentialing and completions up. If you look at our numbers and what that secret sauce is, I'd say it's easier for me to tell you why we lose than why we win on certain things, and one of them being that we lead the state in some college for metros, then go to completions, and we drop right off. Okay. So we could get people wow. up and over that hump, get them right. to, it doesn't have to be a four-year degree, Certifications, credentials uh, would be great if they did have more masters and PhDs here. Uh, but a lot of employers will help you get there. But mm-hmm. having that will get us into the rooms that we're not in right and now. Doctor Keen at Fable Tech. I mean, they are like on standby for you to gear up to to train and teach and certify on particular. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Probably one of the most adaptive skills, community right? colleges we've got out there. Uh, it's amazing. I encourage everybody at some point to take a tour. Okay. See the machine shop, see the welding shop, see the things they're doing across in cybersecurity uh, from soup to nuts. I mean, it really is. Depending on where you went to school, it's a bigger and better and better equipped campus than what many of us went to uh, to college at. Now, were, were you here when they did the auto body? That had occurred just before I got here. I okay. Believe, so. All right. And that's turned huge now, right? We're doing a lot of, they're doing a lot of work with national companies, uh, international companies, and really being a leader. They have a cybersecurity consortium that has 12 different colleges involved in it wow. right wow. now, and it's being led from here in Fayetteville. Okay. Because it sounds like a lot of the jobs you were talking about, that's growing up here, those would be Raleigh jobs. RTP jobs. But you're talking about the time is now. Bringing it home to fail. That we have... We have the capacity with the industry that they want to come here with those types of jobs, and we have the wherewithal to train people. Absolutely. Fable Tech and FSU. And, and you've got a ready so. customer for some of these advanced technologies okay. through the types of units we have here at Fort Bragg with WOMAC, with the Fort Bragg Research Institute. Uh, I think for us it's recognizing, though, that to, you know, like we did with building an industrial park, and, mm-hmm. and that took some time to get going, and now it's all happening. We need singles and doubles before we go, you know, expect home run and grand slams. But we're building that momentum. So what would your uh, advice be to, say, the millennials or the people coming right after them? Because there's a lot of activity around the millennial group here that, you know, there's no place for them to live, nothing to do. There's no jobs. What kind of degrees should they be getting so they can be a part of this new workforce that we're building? On the degree side, I think anything you're doing in the world of technology and finance. But the reality is today... If you are skilled as a writer, you can find a job writing product descriptions and website and putting all those wonderful things out there. If you're skilled in art, you can find a way to work in social media or in graphic design. If you're skilled with the computers themselves, you've got unlimited potential. But it's all going to play together, and that's the unique thing now. Uh, it's about blending your experiences because COVID, if it, it actually, uh, those of us that have been in the geekdom, 
have been advocating That's for. That's you, Jimmy. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> for dis, for that you know that fiber optics meant distance learning. Right. That it meant you know digital communications. That it meant VR and AR and integrated realities. And we're seeing that happen now. And all those things are a blend of different types of the economy coming together around the end of the day. Being technologically competent is not being able to use Insta or Snap or whatever app comes next. It's much more than that. But if you are fluent, truly, in technology, uh, your, your opportunities are almost limitless right now. I could get you signed up for a job today, even with just a high school diploma. Well, okay. you got my pocket protector all worked up over here. I just wanted to ask you, uh, <laughs> how are you know, talking all the technology, um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, how close are we to being as a community set up with with all of the necessary cable fiber optics and and, and all those great uh geeky things that we were just talking about to support them coming in yeah it from where we were to where we are we're probably 80 percent of where to where we need to be uh the school system had all nearly 100 buses out there with wi-fi hotspots now between segra and Metronet and the county hopefully will receive approval from the state with, and I apologize if it gets wrong, I think it's Brightspeed. It's the CenturyLink folks that bought out that component of CenturyLink and are now headquartered in Charlotte. Uh, they're working out in some of our most rural areas. There will still be a few corridors that are just so lightly populated we don't have it. But we're going to get there. We're probably going to be, within a year and a half, two years' time, be 85% covered with high-speed gig-plus fiber optic around all of Cumberland County. Excellent. So when I log in on my AOL, it'll go a little. What, what are you laughing at, Peter? Uh, you will get you will oh, get mail, and your friend Tom from MySpace will be able to reach out to you. Much, oh, okay, good. Much sooner there. I haven't talked to Tom in a while. He's freeze framing on my computer. I can hear the screeching noise of that modem right now. Yeah. I'll see you in that ICQ chat room there. That's hundred. I'll, I'll be in at nine o'clock. Well, let's talk, let's talk about your family. You mentioned your daughters, and they're probably middle school now. Uh, right? not, well, yeah, actually, oh. yes. The 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 uh, older one starts seventh grade tomorrow. Wow! And wow. It hurts my heart. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great girls there. You can you can shape the clay you get, but you don't get to choose what kind of clay you get to shape. Yeah. And uh, I was given a, a very, very uh, wonderfully hearted 11-year-old and a 9-year-old who is ready to work for the uh, Security and Exchange Commission <laughs> in the Enforcement <laughs> Division. Uh, Martha would have never met Snoop if she had been involved in that uh-huh. insider training. Uh-huh. But I've got a 9-year-old as well, and she's uh, uh, the most competitive little dancer, tennis player ever come across. That's awesome. She kind of scares us all in the family. And do they play any instruments? Uh, <laughs> no, we briefly had the, the older one was playing guitar right-handed and ukulele left-handed and then just decided she wanted to be a cheerleader so and how about your wife does she play uh we actually met on stage uh she was uh, i got a little time i think you had representative uh, richardson on he said his wife was 15 mine was 14 when she knocked me off of a stage in new england while rehearsing one day and uh, that's quite a way to make a an introduction and so through ups and downs and years together and apart uh, we've coming up on the 30th anniversary of our first date in november and the 20th anniversary since our wedding and so for those of you can do the math i figured after nine years and 11 months of dating <laughs> probably she's a keeper yeah yeah no doubt no doubt she's uh probably tried to dynamite you out a couple of times yeah. and you just won't go she huh? allowed you to wake up that's that right years, yeah. so she, years she's yeah. a, she's an example of this new workforce her company a robotics company in salisbury uh she's an incredible job marketing for them uh, integro was, was is the company when we moved here, they said, we're not letting you go. We'll let you work remote. How come, awesome. Come, out, come back here every couple of months. That company was bought. 
Then the company that bought that company was bought, and now she works remotely for headquarters in Alabama with eight companies that they're integrating the branding on. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And so it's, a, it's an example of just because, and this comes back to the question of quality of life. It's an example and those of millennials. up is what it is. It is, it is. But you've met her. <laughs> but the reality is, though, those jobs today are portable. Mm-hmm. So it's going to come down to where do you want to be? What's got that affordability, that accessibility, that diverse opportunity, that quality of life? And so that's where I think we need to continue the investments that have been going on here for a number of years. Uh, it's hard to capture sometimes when you're here every day. But go back, pull a picture from 20 years ago. Pull a picture from 30 years ago right. and see what's happened and the evolution. When we show off our downtown to people, we've got some in town today, had them uh, from D.C. and Maryland, had them out on the the, uh, the patio of our building overlooking downtown. They were mm-hmm. blown away mm-hmm. by what they saw, and Absolutely. they never saw it coming. It really Absolutely. is a beautiful downtown. Big surprise. Uh, Robo, if you could just pull out of the air a project to bring here, what would it be? Uh, you know, with the uh, with the VinFast, with the investments in renewable technologies, I mean, we should be a good place for that type of ma- advanced manufacturing, good wage jobs for that next generation of technology, whether it's battery storage, hydrogen fuel cells, and the like. I will say one thing we are challenged with, in addition to available land, which we still have some good sites, when that ACP pipeline got mm, canceled, mm. I you know, hand to God, we lost $2 billion dollars worth of projects that would have, that would have meant 24 million dollars a year in taxes coming in or more each year but we had them signed they were ready to come companies that have announced in other places in north carolina were interested in us i can't say i would have got them but we would have stood a shot but the moment that pipeline turned off we don't have what they call firm service and for those not familiar that means that when it's cold outside our paving contractors and manufacturers the gas goes to the hospital it goes to the schools it's where it should go but it means they have to shut down and so if you've got a very technically precise operation and you can't guarantee you're going to have that heat source you need, you can't be here right. when you're looking at somewhere else. Because companies are risk adverse, as they should be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, you know, that's a reality for us. So we have to find that niche of we want those jobs, but we do have a bit of a limiting factor out there. What's the, uh, I may know the answer to this, unfortunately. What's the, the biggest fish that got away? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, we got we had one we had a, a shot at uh, but it didn't happen at that time. The Macy's project that ended up over uh, in the Charlotte region we had that a number of years ago. They switched out management. Was that it, a it went distribution away. center? For it was. Macy's? And by the time they came back to us, uh, you know, this is where sometimes it's about being ready for each one that comes. We didn't lose mm-hmm. it. They didn't do it. And within 24 hours, and you were in that meeting, we signed Campbell's Soup to that deal. Yep. And we could have never done that deal, which has already been built. We sold the park. We got more things going out there. So, yeah, we could have eventually had that six, seven years later. But I'll take a couple hundred jobs today and $100 million worth of investment mm. out there. And that Campbell Soup, you would never know it's there. No. It is, it is the... The biggest building you can imagine in your, well, not next to Amazon, I guess, but it's a huge building tucked away, and you never know it's there. Yeah. Head no, on to Cedar Creek don't. Road, turn right at the stoplight. That's why that light's there, and you can head in and see it, and there'll be a couple more coming, but that's where the biggest tract was. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So what out there at the old Monsanto, the old Monsanto plant out there, is there other stuff around right What is there? that, 24? 24, Yes. Oh, are you talking about out Cedar Creek and you've got the DAC where they're doing the bottle recycling and they're making the bottles as well, the PET bottles? Is that the Monsanto? The, the huge plant out there on the right. 
was yeah, Monsanto. Be it. That's it. That, Big that, white plane. Yeah, we've got two. We've got we've got a bunch of different things in there. You've got Dak, and they are actually now a Mexican-owned company, but they make they make these water bottles right here. Uh, there's also a large recycling operation out there that takes some of these things back and puts them back in. They also they make a plastic fiber uh, out of there, and then you've got a trucking companies and a few other things as well. So it's largely it's actually all but a small part of it occupied right now. Some of that old building as well is um, being filled with companies that are suppliers for Goodyear. Uh, hmm. New York, uh, what is it, a um, couple of those. And what's in Black & Decker building? Is it being utilized? The Black & Decker building is 100% full. I, I, you know, all these buildings there, uh, we've got some clients in the, in the back is, uh, are, is another building that's occupied. I can't talk to you about anybody of anything in there, but I would highly recommend that any of your listeners do not play around, do not go visit, that is not the one. Um, just don't, just don't, don't go in there. You don't, you don't Warning, want to do that. You may be shot. Yeah, yeah. 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 How now, about that? That's those cool. of us gl- growing up around here, we're kind of used to some of those warnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, I, I, I just know that there's laser sensors involved. I'm just not touching that. There. That's a, All right. But. Interesting use of that building. So, uh, tell me about Sanderson Farms. You know, that's that's a good. One. I got here right after that, and, and I'm going to come back to say, and it's been a pleasure working with all the towns. That, you know. People feel we should have got that and put it out there in Cedar Creek. People felt it should not have gone in Cedar Creek. Uh, I'll Does, sa- doesn't sound like now that we lost anything by not getting them. You know, I, I want a job for everybody who needs one. I want a better job for everybody that wants one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think looking back, and this wouldn't happen today, there are parts of this county that 100% would have loved to have it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and I'll, I'll own this for my predecessors in economic development. We were going out. For every prospect, really, with one shot. You know, we're going out. We want Ducey to Creek, Ducey to Creek, Ducey to Creek. And that's not the right place for every project. It's great what's in there. It's great what's coming there. But we need a place for the Booz Allen Hamiltons of the world. We need a place for the Amazons of the world. We need a place for the Sanderson Farms of the world. And I think working with the towns, there are parts of this county where that would have been, you know, it, it legitimately, uh, they would be begging to have that right now. They think it's what's right for them because it's kind of that mm-hmm. agriculture side of community, mm-hmm. kind of that, you know, that, that area where it would fit in naturally and organically. And that's what we want. We don't want to try to force anything. I was talking to the folks in Eastover, being a you know, development-focused guy, I want to do everything I can there, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to be doing anything that they don't want there. i tell you what I'd like to see, and, and many folks in town that I'll talk to say the same thing. It used to be our crown jewel, other than Fort Bragg was the mall area and i i feel like it hasn't it, it needs to get itself reorganized in a retail way uh get updated look wise operations wise and what it provides there um any talk about i know we had talked for a while about dave and busters and things like that but any talk of it kind of getting it, it shine back over there you know i think with what you see they've done with the rooms to go and Longhorn, and there's a couple other things coming out. I think it's going to get there. I really do believe in what they're trying to accomplish. You know, but you got to look at the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you were a Dave and Buster's, if you're some of these other higher end recreational and retail users, and you're just told nobody can come in, right. and in some states were much harsher than even we were, just forget about it. If you're, you know, one of these uh, upper end golf type mm-hmm. experiential things, and you can't have people there, you can't have people there. So it's going to take time for them, whether it's hoteliers. Uh, whether it's you know hospitality companies, we got to get through that, and they're just now starting to come back online. Do you hear any talk when folks are, are looking at our area? Any concerns regarding the issues we've had p- 
policing and, and violence and, and the uptick of some of these things. And I know a lot of communities are seeing that as well. Yeah, no, I got to tell you, we did a lot of, when we did the Can Do Carolina brand and worked to bring, kind of bring everybody together, we went out to focus groups. And what I said during my first couple of weeks here has held true. We are our own harshest critics. People either are impressed with, if they know about us, they're impressed with what's happening. You got a few legacy folks that, you know, still want to throw around the words we don't say about mm-hmm. the times that we're not proud of here. Right. That's a very small group. But most people don't know who we are. I mean, and that's, they have, or they don't think about, you know, you often think about what do the neighbors think? Not about you. Mm-hmm. You know, you worry about you. You worry about what they think. They worry about them. And so, no, we really haven't had any issues on that end there. I would say, though, we do get some things about we have higher than average. If you don't look at it, we have higher than average turnover uh, We have because we have people cycling through. And that's why some of these companies like Fortuna BMC and that we've announced with some others that are hiring military spouses, they'll take the jobs with them. If you're a Blue Cross and Blue Shield today, you're not working in an office. So you might say, so we'll see some of those things get better. And it's hard for people to understand what having the world's largest military Insulation by population means for consumer expenditure and income. It doesn't come up in your average statistics for income, for shopping. Uh, long, you know, Longhorn, I think they, uh, I'll be honest, uh, I love that restaurant. They built it too small. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in a truck after lunch because all the food for the day is already gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have the highest performing Cold Stone Creameries and Panera Bread and Harris Teeters. And that's because people don't fully understand what it means to be a military town like us because there isn't another place and quite like that us. that continues to, to baffle outsiders looking in uh, who, who, because many of those numbers, you know, we, gosh, I heard a gazillion times as mayor, we've got to get a Trader Joe's. Mm. and But Trader Joe's won't look at us because our, our median income is... Yeah, and, and we, we're out there every day trying to correct some people on that thinking. Uh, it's even interesting. Some of the people we'll talk to, they'll look at the performance of their competition and peers and go wow that's great but your numbers over here is like well now you're looking for the problem to talk you out of the solution you've already found right i mean you, you know you're doing your algebra backwards you should be solving for the win not the loss uh and so we're, we're working on that but i will tell you it is hard even here uh for us at economic development we are an, an incredible community of three hundred fifty thousand people we're a military community but we're not just a military community, and we're not just a historic, right. you know, uh, southern city. How do you blend those and market both those the skills of those highly specialized people from Fort Bragg, but also the average villian who's got incredible work ethic and talent as well? And you're kind of working on two different tracks sometimes. You are awesome, Robert Van Gien. <laughs> awesome. Uh-oh. Oh, the mic was still on. I can't. All right, that's good. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> No, in the studio with us is Robert Van Gien. He is the president and CEO of the Fayetteville Cumberland Economic Development Corporation, who is our uh, the head. All right, so let me break it down. You are the head recruiter for business coming into this community. That's so, fair. so uh, you are the reason why, uh, even though our employment rate may be a little higher than everybody else in the state. It's always been, but you're the reason it's as low as it is. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Honestly, though, if I didn't get the support from the city and the county, we wouldn't be able to do it. Awesome. Awesome. Also in the studio with us is Mr. Peter Pappas without uh, any kind of jingle or anything. No jingle, no, uh, no, no song, no I'll theme song. That. That. We're going to have to work on that. I will fix that. Mr. Jimmy Henley <laughs> Jr., thank yes. you, Jimmy, for joining us again. 
All right. Thank you. Listen, please do us a favor. Take time this week to visit one of our commercial sponsors and let them know that you heard their message on the Carolina Cabinet. If you missed an episode of our Top Rated... Top rated. Top rated. <laughs> Buy the Carolina Cabinet on Amazon, Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast broadcaster. You can always send us a message, like us, follow us, share us on your favorite social media outlet. We are at the Carolina Cabinet. And you may contact us via email at the Carolina Cabinet at hotmail.com. If you want to leave us a smart message, you can do that on our smartphone number, which is 910-835-0835. Listen, thanks again for joining us this Sunday morning, and I hope you'll join us next week. Thanks so much. Conservative Talk Radio in Eastern North Carolina. You're listening to the Carolina Cabinet. This is the morning show your daddy wanted you to listen to.